Welcome to the Digitally Dreaming Off the Gridiron podcast. I'm your host, Oswald Lee. I'm joined today by my bro, Cortez Branch. Cortez, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing good, man. I just got home from work a little bit ago. Uh, having a good day, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I, you know, it's been, it's been, what, four months? So, I mean, I kind of had like an episode talking about NFL free agency, but, you know, I remember you commented on the last podcast I had uh, with Ryan Harris back in March about all the free agency frenzy with the NFL. And then I obviously went off the grid and now I'm back on the grid. So now we can kind of hash that out <laughs> a little bit, you know? Yeah, so, man, I was wondering where you went for a little bit. Yeah, basically it was kind of renovating. So I can actually give you the tour. This is my phone so I can show you. I was going to see, I saw the, uh, the post that you sent me. Yeah, but it's good seeing you again, right? <laughs> for me. Oh yeah, every time. I can't Every wait time. till I uh till I have another man cave so I can put all that stuff up. Hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, so let's get right into it. So obviously, when we last spoke, um, we were talking about WWE. Yeah, actually, let's start with let's start with WWE. So um, pretty much, you know, for anyone, actually, we got my phone again. I, I, my first podcast is on my phone. My graph. What? Does everyone know if you haven't seen already? Here's my WWE slash UFC kind of collection right here. You can see all that good stuff. Ken Shamrock interview right here. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, back to it. Um, so we'll start off with um, kind of what do you what do you think right now with the current kind of storylines? Because for me, I look at the Roman Reigns storyline. I think he's obviously a great merchandise seller, but I feel like I agree with some of the criticism with the fact that there aren't enough powerful characters that they put up against him. You know, obviously they had the Cena 20th anniversary recently. Brock and Roman at SummerSlam, like, I mean, you're, you're, they're relying too heavily on these part-timers and these veterans instead of building up younger talent, you know, to kind of really put up against yeah. them. Theory won money in the bank, right, last weekend. So kind of what are your thoughts right now um, about the current kind of championship? Well, I feel like, and I, I'm probably going to take some flack from this for saying it, but I feel like when it comes to WWE, the they don't have, they don't have the same mindset that the fans have their they their mindset is that they're going to do what they want to do regardless of what the fans want to see right and i think the attitude era was different from for most of it the the attitude era more had more the fans want to see this so we're going to cram it in there and some they missed they misstepped on a lot of things in the attitude era it wasn't perfect like <clears throat> a lot of players, a lot not of players, but a lot of uh, wrestlers and personalities want to pretend that the Attitude Era was perfect, but the Attitude Era wasn't perfect. And um, I just think that if they thought just a little bit about what what works in the Attitude Era, they would have more success today. I don't think they're doing bad by any um, by any uh, stretch. I mean, it's billion dollar company. You know what I mean? Like they right. they still make stars. I I just think that sometimes the uh, the storylines and the way they use the the the, uh, the characters in the storylines is um it's just a little bit like beyond what we were expecting. And by beyond, I don't mean good. And I agree. I think you know, kind of your take is pretty much on point because the way I look at it, if you remember how the attitude era was brokered or kind of ushered in. Like, you know, literally ushered in because Vince basically went on Raw December 1997. I think it was December 15th, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure the exact date. But basically, it was right after the Montreal, the after after Montreal screw job. And essentially, if you think about it, it was kind of around that time, you know, um, where Brett was leaving for WCW and everyone was kind of questioning, is this real? Is this fake? 
their first kind of actual kind of shoot event at that pay-per-view Survivor Series in November that year. That's when Vince basically said, yeah, you know, we are tired of insulting your intelligence. You know, U.S. fans deserve to, uh, to know and deserve to have a product that caters to your intelligence. Because obviously the internet era was basically becoming a thing. Fans were basically becoming smarter, right? So the attitude yep. era was right around that kind of, kind of time, obviously the turn of the millennium, where essentially it was like, you know, we they had to kind of, first, obviously the few WCW, WCW was, was kicking their ass for what, almost at that point, 60 plus weeks, right? And essentially yeah. then they had to really kind of ramp up and think about kind of what was really selling it. Around that time, you know, obviously Stone Cold and, you know, um, you know, The Rock, these are, they were upcoming. Stone Cold was kind of already over at that point with the fans, you know, and they honestly could have ran with Stone Cold well, well before, you know, WrestleMania 14, you know, well, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like they had, you had too many goats in the right. same place. At too the many same icons. Time. Right, right. Yeah, there was too many. Like, I feel like in the Attitude Era, the WWE suffered, and the Ruthless Aggression Era, the beginning of it, the WWE was suffering from too many stars. Right. And I think that they have kept the business model of keeping everyone they possibly can, but not really focusing on what worked in the Attitude Era. And that was storylines centered around wrestling, not wrestling centered around storylines. Right. Like um, the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart matches, there were storylines yeah. that were centered around the wrestling. The Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart matches, they were storylined around the wrestling. The Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels, the Shawn Michaels and, and The Undertaker, The Rock and everyone, you know, they were they were storylines centered around the wrestling. The, the storyline was, you know, I just kicked your ass or you know, those those types of things. I'm going to kick your ass or you're not better than me because no one is. You know, that's those are the that, that, that is the mentality that they had in the ring. And so their their in ring personalities, you know, went out to the vignettes and the stories they were telling over the mic. Right now, we have different stories being told on the mic than what's being told in the ring. And the reason why Roman Reigns is getting more fans than he ever had before is not because of his gimmick. It's because he's lining up with the character in the ring and out the ring. And it, yeah. his wrestling style, his wrestling style is worse, actually. He's not, he, he, he actually was a greater worker before. You know, now he's, he's hit that, he's hit that, he's kind of like, the guy that's like the legend, I'm going to put on a, a two-star match, but because of my name, I'm going to come out on top. Like, he's almost like, no offense to me, Bill, if you're watching the show or hearing about the show. And, you know, to anyone that's not, that doesn't understand why I would say these things out loud, it's because um, my friend over here is is uh, on the radar of some very uh, syndicated wrestling shows, as well as <laughs> the, peop the people at the top know who he is. So, they, whenever anything comes out where he mentions anything about wrestling, they're paying attention. So if if you guys decided to hear me or if you guys end up on the show, which you might. I mean, Bret Hart was here. So if you guys, and Ken Shamrock. So I think Angle was here too, wasn't he? Yeah, Angle, well, that was from his mean group. Yeah, Angle, yeah, Angle, Angle yeah. was on, you know. Yeah. So, you know, those guys, when you, they love talking about their legacies. But I'm going to say this, Bill, you have... Bill, that's Bill Goldberg, you know. The I love I love me some Goldberg, but he has the shortest matches. I think Goldberg probably has like 
less time in the ring than like corn swaggle. Honestly. <laughs> I think Hornswoggle has more in ring time than, than Bill Goldberg, like combined. And we're not saying this because your matches were bad. No, you had great matches. It's just that, you know, if Goldberg came out, you knew you were getting a five minute or less match because he was going to completely dominate and destroy the guy he was wrestling against. Squash, you know, squash. Yeah. I mean, now if we're going to talk about current wrestlers and we'll talk about things that are going on right now, let's talk about Edge and Judgment Day. Yeah. That's a complete total botch of a good idea. What we have right now is essentially Retribution 2.0, which is also a botch. So I don't understand. I don't know what Finn Balor and um, I don't know what what Finn Balor and the Archer of uh, Infamy is going to do. I don't know what they're going to do because I mean, I mean, look at look at Damian Priest. He's an absolute monster. Look yeah. at Finn Balor. He's a wrestling goat, you know. And I just don't understand what they're going to do with this because they don't win matches and I haven't seen Finn return to like prominence since he since he lost the Universal Championship. I think what we've seen Demon Balor twice since then, and I think one time it was only thrown in the show because somebody else couldn't wrestle. So it's it's kind of like they could have done a lot more. They had a little Balor Club thing going on with AJ Styles. They had they had something going on with. Um, they had something going on with uh, what's his face. Uh, they had, well, no, not his face. Sorry about that. Uh, I have no idea where Rhea Ripley is, and um, maybe I just missed her exit from uh, Judgment Day. But it just sounds like uh, they're doing retribution again, and that didn't work. And um, I mean, I understand giving Bobby the uh, the the USA title, considering that uh, you know there is there's no title on Raw right now. Because Mr. Reigns yeah. is doing his thing. And uh, I think we have to just understand that, like, Bobby is a talent that WWE is going to misuse every time they get the chance to. And nothing against that because Bobby is excellent. It's just they don't want him to look stronger than their top guys. They want him to be almost as strong as their top guys. They don't want him to – he never gets to overcome that, that top guy without some trickery going on. And I don't right. like that. You know, I don't like I don't like that. And then, like, you kind of cheapened Bobby Lashley's USA title win because you literally threw theory in a match that he didn't earn his way in, which is cool only because it's it, it's kind of like a nod saying Vince did it. And it's easy to blame Vince for everything in wrestling. So it's it's cool to throw that in there. But I just don't think that I don't think that theory is is ready for uh for the big time just yet i think he's doing a good job of stepping into it i think he's stepping up and using it to the best of his ability like the best of his ability like he's not afraid to take chances but when i look at theory i don't see him i don't see him in the same light as even riddle you know i don't see him in the same light as uh as as a reigns or a lesnar or you know even uh even the usos or or uh or or the new day and that's not that's not his own. My necklace is backwards. Uh, you know that's not his own fault. Uh, I guess I'll leave it backwards because it's not on the camera. But you know um, that's that's his own fault. I mean that's not his own fault. That's the storylines and the booking that make him look like that. And uh, it's fine. I'll watch it. I like him. 
You know what I mean? I, I think he's I think he's cool. I, I just don't know how long you can sustain, you know, that kind of um, I don't know how long you can sustain that kind of that kind of behavior if you're if you're gonna be on the uh, the the greatest of all time list or if you're gonna be up there being the next guy. I don't I don't really know how you can uh can you, how you can justify calling him the next guy, the next Cena, you know, the next Stone Cold, the next Rock, the next uh Shawn Michaels, you know, the next Ken Shamrock or or, or Angle or you definitely not Undertaker like it's not it has nothing to do with who he is as a person. It's about the booking. I wish that people would stop attacking the wrestlers about the booking. It's the booking. It's not the wrestlers themselves. They're great. Almost every guy in that locker room and lady can wrestle. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think it's ultimately the writing and kind of, you know, back to the kind of original question, the attitude era and also kind of ruthless aggression era. You know, I'm actually going to disagree with you on one point. I think the, I think the ruthless aggression era was more about the wrestling than the storylines around the wrestling. Because attitude era had a lot of stuff which was just kind of gimmick based and a lot of it was storyline driven, like Stone Cold versus McMahon. You know, it was driven by the feud, which was driven by the star power because the star was so over at that point. Like you said, the issue of having too many goats, you know. But that, again, like you said, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just the back at that time was so saturated with talent. You know, I see Ken. I mean, Ken. If Ken was was if Ken was was in the ruthless aggression era, he would have won the. I mean, he was on the show in January, and he said. If he stayed around for another three more years, he would have become the world champion. And I'm like, I agree. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, he would have. I mean, he would have been literally the, the top guy. He had a rocket strap to his back. Yeah. It, it's kind of like um, what wrestler from the last, like, let's say 15 years, not 20, but let's say wrestler from the last 15 years, so 2000 and let's say seven up to now. What wrestler you think is most synonymous, like, or close enough to Ken Shamrock that got to the top? A lot, actually. I mean, well, no, sorry. Not, not, no, no. Because Ken was the first UFC crossover to kind of bring that reality aspect of, of, the, of the MMA fighter yeah. being into wrestling. Yeah, mainstream was the first Because I keep telling people that Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley don't count. But I, right. I'd say... In, in my in, in my opinion, like I like Riddle's character for for example. But oh yeah, I, I like Riddle's character, but I don't love it. Yeah, the reason why I don't love it is because like they're turning him into one a mini a mini um a, a mini Randy Orton, and there's only one Randy Orton. Well, well, you know what I mean. There's only one. There's only one Randy. Randy Orton, that you know, from this generation, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a whole bunch of Ordens, but you know, there's only one Randy Orton from this generation. Now, I don't see the point of Riddle coming out every week and only talking about Randy Orton. That's kind of weird because most other superstars don't do that. The New Day aren't doing that with Big E every week. Like, there's a nod to Big E, but they're they're their own characters. You know, Riddle's over here doing all of Randy Orton's moves, like acting as if he's Randy Orton. He's even doing the pounding on the ground. Like, I got it. It was cool the first couple of times that like you got to see him do it because they were bros, but like him doing it every single match is kind of cheapening the move, cheapening the execution of the move and, and cheapening the effect of seeing it from out of nowhere. I will say there was a spot uh, on Monday night that I really did like, and that was the out of nowhere shot on Seth Rollins. Or was it, or did he get that shot? He got that shot on Seth Rollins, didn't he? 
the out of nowhere, or was it on? It was either on the Miz or Seth. It was. It was Seth. Yeah, it was Seth. I watched. Yeah, I watched Seth. that this morning. It was <laughs> Seth Rollins that he got. That was that was kind of cool. But the others, like the in match stuff, is like you are you are Matt Riddle. You can do this by yourself. You know, you I mean, you're, you're Matt Riddle. You can do this by yourself. You don't need to be Randy Orton. Yeah, and I mean that to me is kind of the biggest issue. You know what I mean? It's like same thing with AJ Styles. Like AJ Styles is better than any current active superstar just based on wrestling ability and star power. Not star power per se, I guess, because because Roman has sold numbers. But I would say AJ would definitely if he was if he was put back in the main event. But you know, AJ is a workhorse. That's what that's what Sean said. You know, Sean Michael said in an interview. You know about the I don't IC know belt. If he will ever be back in. In, uh, in, in at the level that they had him at a couple of years ago before the pandemic. I don't think he ever will, just because the pandemic essentially buried AJ Styles. Yeah. Liter- actually, not essentially, he literally got buried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, that that would have been appropriate. The burial probably would have been more appropriate if it was a if it was a if it was a uh, uh, a buried alive match, or it was a retirement party for both of them, then I would have been I would have been okay with that match. I think the fact that it wasn't just a retirement match for AJ Styles that it kind of hurt his career a little bit. Right. And he may not agree with me, and a lot of people may not agree with me, but. It would have taken a lot for me being a, a main event attraction to get buried by somebody on their way out the door, even if it is the Undertaker. Yeah, you know, I mean, AJ had the honor of have of Undertaker's last match, but I mean, again, I mean, you know, context is not context is key. Like you said, the pandemic and everything else associated with um, setting up the match, booking it, and the fact there was lack of fan attendance, so they have to kind of come creative and. Do it, you know, yeah. obviously in Boneyard. I mean, it was a great match. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the spot it. spot with Gallows and Anderson, like, I just, I don't know if I'm receiving it as well today as I did when it happened. Right. Because I watched it most recently since we've been back to live audiences. You know, I've gone to shows, as have you, and I just don't know if I feel the same way about that pandemic era that I do about it today. Like then that is today. I think I was entertained while watching it, but I just kept getting this feeling that this is not good for the continuity of, of, of wrestling. Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely was not good for the for so many reasons. I mean, AJ for his character, I mean, just everything, like the totality of kind of yeah, I mean, just the implications of the pandemic. You know, obviously, you know, the, the, the fans and, you know, they had to come up with the Thunderdome, which was fun, you know. I mean, I thought but, the Thunderdome was an awesome idea, and I think that it was a much better idea than a lot of the other shows had, including AEW. I think the Thunderdome was, a, was an amazing idea. I think having what seemed to be, notice I had the way I said that, what seemed to be live fan attendance was a much better option i think that having seemingly having live fan attendance was a big deal i think that seemingly having um live fan attendance in a in a in an event actually made the wrestlers feel better too because you being an athlete you know me being an athlete we know there's 
no other feeling like having a crowd watching you play. Yeah. Even if it's only yeah. a crowd of 10, a crowd of 10 was better than none. I was watching USFL. They had games where the as games were at where arenas were empty. But like those guys were balling out. Axon Lynch, you know, and it gave me that vibe of how we play. And you know, kind of what we talked about when the pandemic hit about, you know, obviously the 2020 season with the NFL, no fans in attendance. So it's like, you know, people are like, oh yeah, this looks like kind of like a practice, blah, 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 or kind of like a training camp OTAs. But it's like, no, man, this is this is real football. Like, you know, you know, Shan Sharp said said something interesting. Shan Sharp said this a few years ago on FS1. He said he watches football without the volume. He puts on mute. Yeah, he has, he doesn't watch it with the volume. Yeah, because he wants to actually see how well you're playing without the fans, without the commentators, without all the noise to kind of see, wow, like, you know, how good you are. You know what I mean? But anyways, time to kind of back to your point. You know, obviously, yeah, I mean, you know, we played, you know, in front of crowds, you know, small, big, power size, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, always, you know, I'll say it this way. I've always, I've always felt like, now, in me, in my opinion, I balled out no matter who was watching. Yeah, was exactly. Just, just, <laughs> I, I, like, I feel like on the field, I don't see or hear a fan. I know off the field, on the sideline, waiting between offense and defense, defense is on the, on the field, I see and hear all the fans. When I'm on the field, I don't hear anybody. You know, I kind yeah. of, I, I kind of get tunnel vision when I'm on the field. Like I see nothing but the game. Me too. You know, and uh, yep. but, but wrestling is a different. Wrestling is like you have to play off the crowd. Like if you're not playing off the crowd, like you need crowd reaction. You need, you you need to hear cheers. You need to hear boos. You need to hear the reaction to people saying something. Like you need, if you're telling a joke, you need people to laugh. You know, you, you need these things or you need them to boo your joke if it was bad. You know, you, you need you need to know what is popping the crowd. And it, that, that didn't happen very well throughout the pandemic until some fans started being able to show up. And like the guys at AEW are not going to be happy when I say this. Um, Jericho, you probably won't watch the show, but if someone tells you about this, you know, I really liked, you know, meeting you a couple of weeks back when you were doing your, your show at uh, one of my venues here. And um, you were you're excellent on stage. You know, I enjoyed Fozzie. You know, you are uh, your presence is something else, you know. Um, but man, let me tell you, without that crowd, bro, you would not be the Chris Jericho that we know today. And I think that was kind of obvious that a lot of stuff was happening. And I'm glad that you didn't have to carry that title the entire time throughout the uh, pandemic era. Because a lot of your character that you put on screen, you know, a lot of your own personality has a lot to do with the fans. I think that's kind of what made Chris Jericho popular in the first place was uh, the fans loving him. And the fans wants to see what he's going to do or say next, even if it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, that's what made The Rock popular. The fans wanted to see what ridiculous thing will he do or say next, but also still beat that guy's ass. That was lost. It was lost on all of us. Like there was lots of missteps, the supernatural uh, area that every promotion decided to take because you look at all the spooky stuff we could do because it's everything is taped. You know, look at all the uh, the teleporting and all of the fire and the lightning and the people stealing things and the dolls and, the, you know, all of that stuff that happened because there was no fans. 
And I kind of think that, you know, now that everything is not back to normal, but everything is closer to normal than it's been in, in a couple of years, that um, some of the fans don't know where to put their allegiance at. I'm, I'm like, don't get me wrong. We the ones. I understand that. We the ones. And I say that we are the ones not because I want Roman to just run wild all over the promotion, but because I think the Usos are getting their desserts finally. I think that they need to bring up um, their little brother from NXT. I think he's done as much as he can there. I think that uh, they need to I think that either Roman needs to lose one title and spend the next six months after SummerSlam getting it back. I don't think that a Roman Reigns versus The Rock match is a good idea. So everybody that's, that thinks that Roman Reigns versus The Rock match is just everything you wanted, I think you guys are dumb. I think about this. You have arguably the greatest superstar ever. Unarguably, the most electrifying man in all of sports entertainment versus the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. One, you tease dissension within a family that's so tight-knit that you can't even get in it without permission. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can't even marry into that family without permission. From someone else who you're not marrying, you know you can't even you, you can't even use the family's names without permission on screen. You know people change their names so that they so that they can get ahead without using their family name, but that's because they don't have permission to use it. They have to prove themselves to use that family name. You know you you shouldn't do this. Roman versus The Rock would be stupid, because especially considering that The Rock tarnished his own legacy by siding with Roman too early in Roman's career. Do I give Roman give Roman some matches where he like he completely takes out somebody? And I don't mean a legend. I mean somebody big right now. I mean let Roman fight a Drew, but don't make it an even Roman barely escapes match. Let him dominate Drew. Let you can't. You you never want to do Roman versus Lashley because you haven't built Lashley to be at the level of Roman. You know I hate to say that, but like and Lashley, one of my favorite guys on TV, man. But they haven't built you to that level of fighting Roman Reigns. What what we really needed to have happened was probably like Bobby Lashley beats Triple H, but that's not going to happen now. You know we probably needed a Bobby Lashley beats Goldberg. That's definitely not going to happen. You know, we probably needed we probably needed a lot of things that a lot of the guys who didn't get to pass the torch. We've already had Roman beat John Cena. No one wants to see it. We've already had John Cena barely escape. We've already had Roman versus Lesnar. Like nobody wants to see it. We've seen it, what, six times? Yep. (laughs) Six times on major shows. We don't have we don't have stars because they don't let the stars win. They don't let the stars shine. They don't let the stars star. You know what? You, let me let me let me tell you something, WWE. If anybody's listening, 
Dolph Ziggler is a star. Mm-hmm. Robert Roode is a star. Yep. Tommaso Ciampa is a star. AJ Styles is a star. Seth Rollins is a star. Kevin Owens is a star. Sami Zayn is a star. I'm not going to mention any of the guys that are gone. And Cody, I didn't forget about you, but you cemented your legacy in 8,000 different promotions, okay? Everybody knows who Cody Rhodes is. But what I feel is happening is Dolph Ziggler is getting the gold dust treatment. Dolph Ziggler is getting the Dusty Rhodes treatment, the Dustin Rhodes treatment. I call it the Rhodes treatment because everyone knows how good these guys are. But the company doesn't give them a chance. So, I mean, that's just my opinion on it. And uh, I mean, I don't really want to dwell too much on that because I, I do love both promotions and of all the other ones too. And I'm just giving you guys some information on the guy who's been watching since he was born, basically. And, um, you know, I have merchandise, I have belts, I have the, the signed autographs, you know, um, I, I take the children to see the shows. I watch them every week on TV, annoy people with them. I'll put them on in the car at work, you know, and it's it's just, it's kind of sad to me because I know those guys try, uh, hard, try to do their best. And those, I know those guys train really hard. And, you know, I, I like to see the debuts on other promotions, but at the same time, I don't like seeing the debuts on other promotions because it just reminds me of what they could have done when they were at home. I don't, I don't necessarily like seeing Danielson on AEW. I don't like seeing CM Punk on AEW. I don't like seeing Keith Lee on AEW. I don't like seeing you know FTR or any of those guys. I don't like seeing them on AEW because what about all of that continuity that was happening in WWE programming? Like, I love seeing them, and I'm not attacking AEW at all. I love seeing them. I just wish that like WWE creative cared about them as much as AEW seems to. And then vice versa, I wish AEW would do something with some of the people that they've signed because the same thing's going to happen. You have a wealth of talent, use it. Use it. Or And don't push storylines that we don't care about. The love storylines don't work in today's society because no one cares. I don't care who this person is dating. Kissing people on TV is stupid. You know, I don't, we don't care about any of that. Unless, unless it was a Triple H Stephanie storyline of of Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Miss Elizabeth love triangle. You know, uh, Shawn Michaels and his weirdness over the years. Those types of storylines don't work with secondary characters. Like, look what happened with Sammy and, and Tay Conti. No one cared. They all got mad because they were, it was essentially getting shoved down our throats. It was a big deal for Stephanie and Triple H to do what they did on television because it drove the entire story in multiple different ways. Like, think about, think about the complexity of that storyline. In the middle of that storyline, you had DX, you had the corporation, and the Ministry of Darkness. Then you add the Hardys and right to censor. You have 
a giant storyline weaved around two people's relationship. That's one of the only times that a story, a, a company-wide story actually works. I kind of just wish that whoever is writing would listen to the fans because we're not the only fans that share these types of sentiments. Yeah, no. And actually to your point about AEW, I forgot to mention this, but Blood and Guts was a hit. I mean, it was a game record. It was Forbidden Door. They were, they, yeah. they were awesome shows. FTR killed it against the, um, I guess, yeah, I guess Smoking Guns with, uh, with Dan Housen. <laughs> and um, no, and Alex Christian's promo on Jungle Boy, which was really, really, very, very. It was it was Randy Orton, two thousand six, and Eddie Guerrero X, like literally most disgusting promotional tactic of the year nominee, if not frontrunner. You know about about Jungle Boy, uh, his father Luke Perry. For those of you who don't know, who didn't watch AEW, I, I definitely but. saw all of that crazy talk. That was insane. That was intense. That was insane. You know, but you know, but I feel like that's actually helping the product a little bit. It's helping AEW is being a little bit more edgy. You know, AEW uh, comes off as a we know it's wrestling, but AEW comes off as a company that cares a lot about realism, even simulated realism. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I feel like that's neat. That 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 if if you care enough to make that's what makes pro wrestling so great. It blurs the lines between reality and fiction. You know, and if you cannot strike that, walk that line and really kind of, you know, I mean, you have to, you know, I mean, you can't just have it like, okay, yeah, it's quote unquote sports entertainment. Well, sports entertainment doesn't really mean anything. You have to blur the lines between reality and fiction and um, you, you can make it seem as real as you want, you know, um, and it's kind of when the fans are still guessing, obviously fans are much smarter now with the advent of the internet and social media, we have a lot more access to information now, but we can still, but you know, the difference is now, you know, like you said, a company that caters to a fan base and does gives the fans what they want, as opposed to force feeding something to them is really a company that, that, that cares about, you know, not only their fans, but their own quality of their product. WWE, since they signed the Saudi Arabia deal, they're raking in what billions a year. Uh, one billion a year. You're right. One billion. You said one billion dollar company. Yeah, but they're raking in that much revenue. They are actually outperforming UFC still. You know, yeah, but I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, they're outperforming UFC. Okay, so we just had this conversation the other day because I love Israel Adesanya. Shout out to Israel Adesanya. You know, you come out with the Undertaker music, but everyone who knows me knows I've been doing it for over 14 years. I appreciate it. Shout outs to you, know Mark Calloway, WWE creative, and everyone who. Um, who came up with the Undertaker theme song. Izzy was the last to use it on television. And uh, I thought that he did a great job of representing the Undertaker's music and the ominous feeling that you get when you just hear that first boom. You know, I, uh, I'm i I'm actually really happy that he did it. I got hyped up. You know, I wish that I could, like, I, I wish I was able to like show that clip, but I can't. But um, let's just say the reason why is because UFC has a multitude of stars that they can put in a card but the thing about ufc cards is the same but is the thing about um sporting events if if your team's not playing you might not want to watch it so it's hard to, to have that type of revenue at least with wrestling shows you expect to see all of your favorite stars as long as they're not injured and that's just how it's been for generations so 
that's pretty much my take on why UFC, I mean, uh, WWE out earns UFC in that aspect. I do think that UFC is like blurred the lines a little bit in certain areas between boxing and wrestling and uh, professional wrestling, I should say. And I like that. And I think that's why they get a lot of fans. That's why sometimes boxing doesn't. But I, I feel like some of the characters can be a little bit more visible. And some of the, the professional athletes, some of the professional fighters can show a little bit more, more uh, personality because that's really what drives narratives is personalities. And WWE does that almost probably better than anyone does. That's why they're the longest episodic running show in the history of television is because they continue to uh, to to put on the, the the show every week with characters, and they 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 go they go all out for it. In the years they didn't go all out, it suffered. So they brought a lot of it back, a lot of the pomp and circumstance. Like people like that feeling of this is a big fight. They want everything to. And WWE started that. They made every fight feel like a big fight, even if it was too undercard. And I'm not, I mean undercard by people who just got here. We don't even know their names. They're, they haven't even picked out like their actual ring gear yet. They're just wearing some generic sling it. You know, those are they make those guys look better than you know than than what we would think they would be. And um, I'm really I'm really hoping I'm really hoping that in the that in the future UFC continues to allow wrestlers to do. I mean, uh, they're they're uh, they're fighters to do these types of things. So I'm I was really happy about that Izzy by the way. So uh, it's got to give a shout out to Israel Adesanya and his victory. And hey. Forget those haters, man. As long as you're still the king, as long as you still got the, the crown, everybody's going to come for it and say whatever they want. They're going to say whatever they want about you. You're on top. Now I'm under, baby. <laughs> we know what time this. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, you know, kind of the UFC almost is like it's taking the WWE model of building these heels and faces and just getting, and that's how they promote. Like, and it's maybe, maybe it's intentional, maybe it's unintentional. Like, for example, Colby Gummington, right? That's like the, oh, he walks out with Kurt Angle's theme music and, you know, obviously, you know, a stalwart, staunch Trump supporter, you know, he probably believes a lot of, 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 what, of what his gimmick is, but I'm sure a lot of it is also just to work, you know? And yeah. I think that, you know, that giving those fighters leeway, exactly about your point about Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, who crossed over from UFC, was actually a pretty decent fighter before he came over to the WWE. He was so entertaining in, in the UFC. Yeah. Like that to me was kind of, you know, a, a really good kind of, that, that, that's kind of just underlines or kind of bolds the exclamation point, you know, dots it. And I think that to me is kind of where, where WWE is struggling, you know. Um, I think kind of, you know, we can probably, you know, close this out with just kind of, you know, the future of, of, of where pro wrestling is, you know, obviously the WWE is never going to go out of business. The money is just there. Vince is going to continue making money. Vince is still technically the head of creative. I don't know how much stuff goes through Stephanie and Nick Khan before, you know, it goes, it gets on air. We, but I think Vince, yeah. We will never know. Considering that Dark Side of the Ring is now taken over by WWE, we will never know, bro. Right. And that's, and that's exactly the point because WWE has so much end-to-end control over the product and what's taken and what's marketed that it to me it's 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 really really it's one of those things where it's like wow like you know it's gonna <laughs> i mean i, don't, I have, I just a, think I have that... a question to ask sure. it's it goes along the lines of this because like you said wwe has so much creative control from beginning to end in every one of its endeavors um 
what did you think about Forbidden Door and what it did for either promotion? Oh, I thought it was awesome. I thought it did wonders for the promotion. I just, I mean, because like you said, I mean, the realism and also just kind of the matches and the, the crowds, the crowd is what makes it for me with AW. AW just freaking, they fucking blow the roof off the building just because they give the crowd a, a, a something to chew on, you know, a product where they can just sink their teeth in and not even question, you know, whether or not, you know, this was a main course or if it was the, or, or if it was an appetizer, you know? And um, I think that's kind of why I thought, I mean, it's just everything AW put out, blood and guts. I don't, dude, it's just, it's creating, because, the, you know, to your point, right? the wrestlers have control in aid. They have control. Like Christian Cage coming out there. I don't think Tony Khan would have been like that if he had the end-to-end control that Vince has. You know, I don't yeah. think Tony would basically say, you can't go out there and do this, Christian. You know? I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this, and I hope that somebody bites onto this because I have not heard any podcast, any show, any YouTube channel, I have heard no one say this. And it upsets me because I thought about it immediately. When Christian brought out Luchasaurus in his in his new attire, his new entrance, his new his new music, I instantly got Kane vibes. I instantly got like, man, that's Kane. But no, it's not, it's Luchasaurus, and he can do so much more. Just being himself, not more than what Kane did, because I don't think that's possible. But what I'm saying is the character development that will come from Luchasaurus being an absolute monster will, will definitely will, will definitely further his career. Because I'm a t- I, I'm I'm not gonna be ashamed of saying this. Jurassic Express, y'all got old, y'all got boring, especially because your first music was better than your second one. I, I felt like when you, when you guys came out to that, oh, oh, stuff, I'm like, what is this? Like, some guys on the beach in California? Jungle Boy is supposed to be, his, 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 uh, his gimmick is basically a, a kid raised by savages, you know, raised by the wolves. Luchasaurus is a dinosaur. That's, I mean, it doesn't really get too much more hardcore than that. I mean, your big, giant, back-flipping seven-footer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. muscle-bound seven-footer. This dude's veins has veins. You know? So, him being that prototypical silent, but not silent monster that's masked with that flame shooting up out the ground and the dark music and the and the, uh, and the and the video package that goes along with it, with, with the capable, but jackass, smarky, snarky manager. That's amazing. This is what they needed to do for the character. And I'm all here for it because if you remember during the pandemic, Lucasaurus was like looking for something to do because he had nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that literally was a thing for wrestling fans. That li- that literally was an, an entire angle was Luchasaurus looking for something to do because he had nothing to do. He was doing that over on BTE and nothing to do. There's a lot of there's a lot of characters in AEW don't have anything to do. I think they need to to work on their women's division a bit. I think they need to I think they need to let stars be stars a little bit more. 
And I think they need to regulate some of the length of some of the matches. Once they figure out that formula, I could see them reaching a billion. 100%. I could, I could see it. Um, I think the reason why, now can we talk about that? I don't think you talked about it yet on your shows. I think Cody went back to WWE, not just because he didn't, he didn't get the contract he wanted in AEW. I think Cody went back to WWE because he doesn't want to see it fail. And a veteran third generation superstar like Cody Rhodes would, uh, is he a second gen or a third gen? I think he's a third gen, right? No, second. Dusty. Second gen? Okay. It's just that Dustin's like so much older than him. So you think of him as a third gen superstar. Yeah. But someone who's been, who's had access to three eras through the family and, you know, they have a lot more insight than me or you ever will just from being fans of the product. You know, they know the ins and outs of the business. And I know for a fact that without Cody Rhodes, AEW wouldn't have been as successful. I don't think AEW would have been as successful in, the, in that in those first couple of years without Cody Rhodes. You know, I do I think that yeah, WWE got a huge pop and an improvement in viewership because Cody was there. I do. I think Cody's ideas that were are still helping WWE. I guarantee that his ideas are still helping WWE. I just feel as if that if he gets if if uh, if but if he comes back and they don't put a title on him which let's face it, he does not need one. But if they come back, he doesn't put a title on, they don't put a title on Cody, then I think that they're brain dead. Now, do I think that it was a mistake to not put the title on Cody in, in AEW? 100%. The TNT title was not supposed to be the uh, the title that Cody was wearing. Cody could have should have gone at it with Chris Jericho for months for that title. He should have dropped it. No offense to Mox, because he's awesome. But Mox, you should have took that title from um, you should have taken the title from Cody. Cody should have taken it from Jericho. And I think somewhere down the line, or maybe, maybe, maybe even the first champion should have been Dustin. Honestly, he should have, he could have found a way to become that champion at the very least, the TNT champion, you know, he was wrestling his ass off. That match against that, that match that had the Rhodes versus the Rhodes, you know, that was fantastic. Yes, sir. No, I totally agree. I think, you know, with 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 Cody and kind of his first run, AW, I think ultimately if he would have, I think if they would have made him the world champion, I think a lot they would have they would have actually had had would have had bigger drawing numbers because the American Nightmare was so over, even in AW, that you know, especially when he got the neck tattoo, which everyone was was, was like was like planing. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? That would have been great, you know. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know, but again, that's creative. So, but yeah, I mean, let's also talk about NFL. So kind of read Russell Wilson to the Broncos, Matt Bryant to the Colts, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield drama in Cleveland. What Matt do you, Ryan's, what do you want? Matt Ryan yeah, went to the ahead. Colts, right? Yep. Yeah. What, I think do you, Matt Ryan's, what are you 
Matt Ryan's going to have a better season than Baker Mayfield, but I think Russell Wilson's going to have a great season in Denver. Yeah. What are you looking most forward to, I think, ultimately from this offseason? Like, kind of what is your favorite entry? Like, Jimmy G, Trey, Trey kind of coming to the fold, Max second year, Justin Fields second year in Chicago. What are you most what am looking, I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to my man, Tom Brady. <laughs> playing in a yet another season and looking for yet another ring. That's what I'm looking forward to. Justin Fields, holla at me in two years, brother. You know, I'm in Chicago, big Chicago fan. Um, I, I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at Justin Fields to develop a little bit more. I'll say the Bears, best case scenario, they go 10 and 7, in my opinion. Can it get better? Great. My best, my best, my prediction is 10 and 7 for right now. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for like a 13 and four season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm hoping for it for the 13 and four season. I'm hoping for I'm hoping I'm, I'm thinking the Colts are probably going to go 10 and seven as well. I think that the Broncos will probably go 11 and six. I like those picks. Um, do you? Tampa Bay coming to San Francisco and facing Trey Lance. I think Trey Lance's inexperience is kind of why Adam Rank said he has a bucks of being through going 13 and four, being San Francisco and SF, and basically being the favorite of the NFC. Um, but then again, I mean, you also have the experience. Tom Brady's lost Rob Mikowski. I think one of the linemen, it wasn't Ali Marpet, maybe it was Ali Marpet. So one of the one of his linemen has uh, has retired. Um, so. There are some there are some significant losses on the Buccaneers. Um, you know, obviously, AB as well. AB's gone too. So you know, things to consider. If, if if Tom Brady doesn't win the MVP this year, it's going to be Justin Herbert. Yeah, for sure. Justin Herbert will be the de facto MVP if Tom Brady doesn't win it. Right. There's no chance in hell that Aaron Rodgers wins the. Aaron Rodgers might not even win a division, but Justin Herbert will probably be the MVP this season if he stays healthy. And rightfully so. I mean, you know, probably the second strongest arm or third strongest arm in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, and he's proven why he deserves to be the starting quarterback for the Chargers. I, I just feel like it's his time. You know, it's his time to take over as one of the elites. We have the elites retiring, and I think it's time that he steps up and takes the place. Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think he's going to – I think that Fields is still a year or two away from showing how good he really is because he's great. But Fields is like a year or two away. Now, look, Justin – not you, Herbert Fields. You, if you go out there and show these people that you're an absolute monster, like we know you are in Chicago, I'm I'm 110 toes down for it, bro. But I feel like the way that the organization is, you got like another year or two before they let you like run loose. Herbert is gonna have a lot more freedom to do whatever he wants in uh in San Diego, and they're gonna let him at Los Angeles. Yeah, see. <laughs> I'm in my thirties, guys. I, you're always San Diego. Yeah, I mean, sorry, for me, Bolt, man. For me, the Raiders are always open, even if they're. I, I mean, I don't care where they are right now. I, I keep saying open Raiders. 
Shout out my guy Lincoln Kenny, guest of the show. And I still say St. Louis. I still say St. Louis Rams, but that's because you know my people are from there. So yeah, no, I mean it's definitely. I mean, I, I mean, the only reason I say LA Rams is because they went out this year and actually won a title in LA. Holy fucking shit! I mean, I, I have Kurt Warner's autograph right there, and they're gonna go. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. You know, and I think ultimately, you know, if the Niners, if if Jimmy was in, if he was healthy, or if we had just the Niners have always been a quarterback away. They've always been a quarterback away, just from okay. How does a cornerback get beat on the last play of the game, where the only the only play call was a hail mary? Yeah. There's no there's no coach in football that doesn't know that a hail mary is coming. When your team is down by a three plus, four plus, I should say, with no time to kick a field goal, there's there's no other play when you're that far away from the end zone that you will make. You're not running the ball. You're not throwing. You're not throwing. You're not flea flickering anything. You're throwing a hail mary. Tom Brady should have been in the Super Bowl that year, last year. The Buccaneers. Played their 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 asses off, and then to get beat on the on a play in the secondary where you knew you're in the NFL, you know this is a hail mary. You've been playing Madden. Your look, this is 2021 at the time. That still was 22, still 23, 22, 22, but 21 in the playoffs. Um, you know, you know that the only play here is a hail mary. You know the only play is a hail mary. So if you know that the only play is a hail mary. Why are you not, you know, and, and I would have brought everyone back. I would have, I would have brought the line back if, I, if possible. I would have had everybody dropping back because I know that their only chance is to either throw a Hail Mary or to hope that a guy breaks every tackle on the field. But to have him throw a seam and, and, and run straight into the end zone, it's just kind of like, it's suspect, man. Well, what type of coach does that? What type of player? What type of player follows those instructions? I, I could pull half the guys off the street and they would have done some type of a coverage. Even if they weren't very good at it. The, the majority of kickers in the NFL wouldn't have let that happen. I, I, I guarantee you Pat McAfee wouldn't have let it happen. So, yeah, congrats to the Los Angeles Rams and all your families and friends that celebrated it. But I still think you got beat by Tom Brady. I think his team let him down, more, more so the secondary in that, in that final play of the game because he did everything it took to beat you guys. I, I, feel the, I still feel the same way about Cody Parkey and the Bears a couple years ago when he got that double doink. <laughs> Against, against the Eagles, who ended up winning the Super Bowl. It, it always happens in sports, where the team that got the lucky break ends up t- carrying that luck all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think I have both, Tom Brady and the Eagles. Right there. Actually, there's a season that the Bears in the playoffs pretty there in front of the Super Bowl 51 sign ball Tom Brady. But back to your point. Um, sorry, whoops. Ah, okay. My stand is not cooperating. Which, which I gotta say, we definitely the last time I was on this show, we talked about 
Sir Thomas in his retirement. And I'm really glad that I could come on this show and say, I was right. You did the Brent Favre thing. You retired for a couple of months, took a couple of vacations, had no official duties to do because you retired, and you came back for another season. I was right. I know football. <laughs> you do. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, like you're, to your point, you know, sometimes it's just a lucky play. Sometimes it's, you know, critical plays that set those teams apart, you know, championship teams apart from teams that are just, you know, making, you know, a deep run versus a championship team, right? So, sorry, one second. Oh, man. My phone does not like me. To there we go. Okay. But anyways, I mean, back to, back to my, back to, you know, the original topic. And you know, I think ultimately, the, but you, I, you know what though? I got to give Stafford credit. I mean, those are some gusty, gutsy, gutsy ass throws. But to your point about coaching, that's why Arians ain't there no more. Exactly. You know, everyone wants to say, oh yeah, Arians stepped down and become VP, like a Brad kind of Stevens type of move. But I mean, hey man. If you lose in the second round with the with the goat as your quarterback, but then again, you know, the Rams went all the way and went to the Super Bowl, and they were a loaded ass team. I'm not gonna lie, that team was loaded on both sides of the ball, especially with Cooper Cup's breakout year. But you forget Aaron Donald, you know Von Miller, obviously. Right back to your point about the Bears, Leonard Floyd, right? You know, I mean, these are types of you know these these are these are key critical. These are marquee players who stepped up. Jalen Ramsey, who stepped up and made the plays when they counted. So. Anyways, I mean, it's just it's it's uh, it's an interesting. The NFL is an interesting game. I'm looking forward to seeing how Russell Wilson does in Denver. I'm looking forward to seeing how Matt Ryan does in Indianapolis. I'm actually really intrigued to see how Matt Ryan does in Indianapolis. That, that division is wide open, in my opinion. I mean, Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and um, the yeah, Titans. You know, I think maybe just the Titans are the only team standing in the Colts' way of winning that division. So, you know, and we saw what Phil Rivers did last year there. He was able to make a pretty, pretty, pretty nice playoff push. Or, I mean, make the playoffs and get and get bounced in the first round. But a great game that first round game against the Bills. So, you know, I think ultimately it's going to be interesting to see you know, how he materializes. You know, I've said this before on the show. I don't know how Trey will do. Um, he's obviously bought in and they've got the respect of his teammates and, and his coaches. But, um you know, we have to we have yet to see, you know, I mean, Shannon Sharp is down on Fox Sports 1. Let's get, you know, Bayless that, you know, there's not enough sample size with uh, with Trey. There's enough with Mac Jones. Let's skip held firm and said, you know, Trey, Trey, Trey is going to have the best best season and the best career out of all the quarterbacks taken in the 2021 uh, draft. So we'll see. <sighs> I wonder where Jimmy G's going. Yeah, and then you know that 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 to me is also still kind of like like a really the, the big elephant in the room. Like, is Jimmy staying or is he going? Like, is he going to start week one? Is Trey? I mean, but they they sacrificed so much draft capital to get Trey number three. I mean, what's the point of having Jimmy on the roster and paying twenty five mil? You know, look what the Bears did. They didn't let Justin Fields start. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. The Lakers have the same. Both my teams, the Lakers and the Niners, have the same dilemma. There's that big fly and that elephant with Russell Westbrook opting into his 47 million, and Jimmy was still on the books for 25 million, and no suitable trade partners. <laughs> well, the, so the I problem, mean, the pro- okay, I'm a Russell Westbrook fan. Yeah, I'm a Laker fan. You know, just about as much as I am a Bulls fan. Right. I think I'm a Bulls fan first and a Lakers fan second. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm a big Lakers fan. Like I have Bulls shorts, I have Lakers shorts. Like literally, I have the shorts they wear on the court, and you know I wear them. I, you know, my my colors that I have for my logo are purple and gold. You know, my my football team that I own, they're purple and gold. You know, um, I'm not I'm not a big Minnesota Vikings fan because I'm a Bears fan in the same division. But you know, I have my West Coast and I have my and I have my um, I have my East Coast team. I have my American League team. I have my National League team. I have my AFC teams and my NFC teams. You know, it used to be the Bears and the Patriots. You know, I'm still a Patriots fan. Just, you know, I'm more of a Tom Brady fan than a Patriots fan. But I also like the Bucks. I always did. But my point, my point that I'm that I'm trying to make about that is Russell didn't have uh I don't think that Russell had the right offensive scheme that he was supposed to be playing in to maximize his abilities. I also don't think that Russell had, you know, the players that he thought he was going to have in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm talking about that because injuries suck. And when your star player is injured for 36 plus games and your second star player, who's going to be the, the longevity of the franchise, is always injured to the point of where sports, sports analysts and talking heads are calling him street clothes which is extremely disrespectful to a man from Chicago, Anthony Davis. You know, it's it's sad. It's sad because I want to see him play. I don't want him being injured. I don't want people taking liberties with his body on the court, but I want him playing hard too. And I can't get mad at those guys that were out there pushing him around and you know, him falling on them because he's bigger than they are because they're playing hard too. You know, I can't get mad about that, but I can say that last season got derailed and people are talking about how bad the Lakers are, but the Lakers were injury plagued. I don't think, and I, oh man, everybody knows that I'm like, I don't dislike LeBron, but I'm not like LeBron sexual. LeBron was injured for the majority of the season last year. He's never going to admit it, but he was. He was playing with an injury. Anthony Davis was playing with injury. And I think for part of the season, Russell might have been playing with an injury too. Would I have gotten rid of Rondo? No. Would I have let Isaiah Thomas walk for beans? Not after he came out and put up 20 in his first game. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let that happen. Um, would, I have, would I have benched Dwight Howard like they did for absolutely no reason other than fighting with Anthony Davis? No, I, I wouldn't have benched Dwight Howard. You know, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't have done had I been in that organization. But I'm not. I'm just a fan and I'm just watching. I don't know the inner workings of what happens in that locker room, but I'll tell you this much, y'all didn't win shit, and that's what I was mad about. I turn on the Lakers to watch them win. I turn on the Bulls to watch them win. I turn on the Bears to watch them try to win, because let's face it, we haven't done a lot of that. I turn on the Cubs because I like the Cubs. I don't expect the Cubs to win, but they're a fun baseball team. I freaking hate the White Sox. I hope they lose every game for the rest of the season. (laughs) Like, and the Cubs have fucking goes. and the Cubs have won in the last, you know, six six seasons, last five to six seasons. Yeah, so like they traded and, all their players, their players are doing good. They got two guys that were a integral part of their roster and the leading the league in homers. You got Rizzo and Schwarber, who are both two and five, you know, not respectively. You know, because second and Rizzo is, is fifth. 20, 25 homers and 22 homers, top five in the league on, on power hitting. I mean, you, you can't discount that. You know, two of the guys you traded are two of the guys with the biggest with the with the biggest impact on the sport right now. Yeah, we saw that. We, we knew that was going to happen. You couldn't get you couldn't get contracts done because let's face it, star players 
especially when they grew up on the same system. Look at look at look at what Seattle had. Not just they had Randy Johnson, they had Alex Rodriguez, and they had Ken Griffey Jr. all at the same time. And that's not even the rest of the stars that were on that Seattle team. And they didn't win anything. They kept Ken Griffey. A-Rod went to, te- to Texas and then he went to New York. And Randy Johnson uh, went to, went to uh, Arizona. It happens. So... It's just a cycle of sports, man. Sometimes your favorite player goes and plays somewhere else. Not sometimes, all the time. <laughs> I did like I did like watching Moss in New England, though. That was great. That's my dog. I did like watching Moss in New England. That was great. Yeah, like Brady, Brady to Moss. You gotta bust this out because remember, anyone who does have IV, go ahead and look four years back. My birthday post for Moss basically acknowledged. And we're both the two greatest receivers of all time, except I never played in the NFL, just Juco. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, not just Juco, obviously. I mean, it's my pro. But, I mean, the point being, you know, I think your point is valid. You know, the teams with having the number, having a star-loaded, top-heavy team usually doesn't result in success. You know, however, the Rams proved that wrong. But the Rams are already a Super Bowl team. Three, four years removed. Three years. Football. Removed, right? Football is the only sport where having all all the stars on the same team will work. Yeah. Well, yeah. We've seen the last two seasons. You've seen the Bucks and you've seen the Rams with the most loaded teams, both sides of the ball, in their respective seasons, 2020, 2021, 2022, basically go and just dominate and then win. Like well, Stafford look at how- like. Football is a sport that is less affected by the defense than the other sports is. Yeah. You know, in in football, you beat yourself more than the other team beats you. And I think that that's something that football players don't like to admit. But in football, you will beat yourself more than the other team beats you. And if you have the best guy at quarterback, you have the best offensive line in each of their respective positions – the best center, you know, the best receiver, you know, odds are you're going to win on offense. And if you have that same thing on the defense, you're going to win on defense. And and that's what happens when you have great teams with great players. Now, are there teams that can win with players that weren't number one draft picks? Because Brady wasn't a number one draft pick. Yes, but he proved himself in the league where it really matters. And once he proved himself in the league, you know, you have the other guys that are coming to play with him because they're also the best. And they want to play with the best. They're going to be a dominant force. Basketball defense is going to affect you. The, 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 you know, the playing with the other players, like if, you, if everybody can't score 50 points tonight in a, in a basketball game, there's not enough time. There isn't enough time in baseball the best hitter in the game only has three to four at-bats. It's And people go, oh, why is pitcher so important in baseball? Because they control the flow of the game. You can literally have 
let's say you had Roger Clemens in his prime, Nolan Ryan in his prime, Randy Johnson in his prime, Kerry Wood in his prime, uh, Mark Pryor in his prime, and the, and the multitude of other players like Pedro Martinez. These guys in their primes, you know, Max Scherzer, you know, we're talking about people in their primes that are dominating entire teams because they touch the ball every play. That ball comes out of their hand every single play. He's that good. And because he's that good, he's going to make it much more difficult for everybody else, especially if you only see him once every two or three innings. You don't have enough time to adjust. In basketball, you got all the time in the world to adjust. You saw what they did in the first quarter. Okay, we can come back and get him now. You know, no more letting him shoot that three. No more, no more letting him drive to the lane unchallenged. You know, take away that, that lob pass. He's cherry picking the entire time. You can take that away in basketball. You can't take that away in baseball. In football, it's mano y mano, scheme versus scheme. Who's got the better scheme? Who's got the better guy? Baseball is that one weird sport, man. You know, football is that football is weird in the aspect that if you have all the best players, you're going to win. Nine nine times out of ten, you're going to win. In, in baseball, anybody could win. That pitcher's on his game today. That team's not winning. Your team's not going to win if an ace pitcher is on his game. This is how it works. He's dealing out there. You can't hit anything he's throwing. Doesn't matter who you are. Go look how many strikeouts Bonds has. And then tell me that the ace pitchers don't win. Bonds probably has more strikeouts as a player than some pitchers have. Probably, probably most, I'd say probably outside of like maybe the top 30 pitchers of all time. Bonds probably has more strikeouts than they do. That's a very interesting thing that I would like. I wish we had the uh, the statistician with us, but we don't. But that's a that's a very interesting thing they could pull up. But all, all in all, I just want to see them play, man. Go out, go out there and play. Less ref interference with bad calls. Go out there and play. I want to see what everybody's going to do. I want to see what the Lakers are going to do. I want to see what the NFL is going to do, and I want to see what happens with this this final uh, All Star with this All Star break, then the postseason push after the All-Star break, because I kind of have a feeling that some teams are going to surprise some people and some teams are going to let a lot of people down. Yes, sir. Definitely got a lot of intrigue with the MLB, a lot of intrigue with maybe a couple of bases, MMA, UFC, WWE, NFL, MLB, and NBA. Yeah. <laughs> oh, final thoughts. What else, what, else, what, else, what else you want to talk about? Anything you want to close out with? You know, normally I like to talk about myself, but uh, no, I'm not going to do that today. Hey, um, I'll be the first person to tell you that I don't watch women's basketball very often because I don't. Um, it's not my cup of tea, and that's okay because neither are the White Sox. You know, I, I will tune into a game here and there. I will support everything. I reshare things where I see them on the Internet, and I will try to do my best to help. Uh, women's basketball get to where it needs to be uh, but women's basketball is not going to be where it needs to be if you guys let something really bad happen to one of its top stars and I know that I don't know the details of everything that she did I don't know the details of everything that's going on over there but for what she's charged with I don't really think it's that big of a deal and I think that because she's an American citizen that you guys can do something about it 
And I think that since we're talking about sports and, not, and nothing else political, whew, but since we're talking about sports, I think that you guys should do something to get her back because she is needed on her team. And WNBA players have some of the hardest roads when it comes to being a compensated professional athlete. And yes, I know they make more than, than us regular Joes who go to our jobs and us regular Joes who make practice squads for arena football teams and NFL teams and uh, us regular Joes who are just happy that we got there. I know they make more than us, us grunts, you know, and I, I know they make more than us, but it doesn't matter. This is her life. This is a human life. You know, this is whatever happens here is going to shape the perception of America and its people in other countries for the rest of our lives. And I really hope that they're able to do something because I don't think that she should be sitting in jail for this long for what essentially amounts to like a, a weed cartridge. It's kind of trivial if you ask me. 100%. Oh, definitely bring back Brittany Griner. Also, shout out to all the victims who, were, who you know, suffered um, or whose lives were lost in the Chicago shooting during the fourth weekend, uh, Philadelphia as well, and all the other cities. It's kind of crazy right now, those day of affairs in the world. So, obviously, you know, we try not to spear off the sports, uh, man, but, you know, something's need to be stated. Oh, restated. oh women, women's yeah. basketball. Okay, so I did, we did our, we did our, 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 uh, our due diligence. The WNBA. Your rim does not need to be 10 feet tall. Lower it to nine feet. The ball is already smaller. Lower it to nine feet. We want to see exciting dunks. Lower it to nine feet. We'll be happy. You guys already shoot better than the men for the most part. The better shooters, I should say. But lower it to nine feet. You'll be you you will you will reap the rewards of viewership if you lower that rim to nine feet. Don't 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 be too proud. Don't be too proud because if they if they if they cut the football field off to eighty to eighty yards, I think the average player would be much happier knowing that it was eighty yards and not a hundred. But what do I know? I just played football my whole life. Definitely great excitement is great. <laughs> I got it. You know, we got to get box office, like wrestling or anything. Uh, Dad's brother, man, you know, appreciate you coming on the show again. Great having you back on. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Everyone, if they want to get in contact with you, how can they connect? Mike Will, Bob, put me on the show, man. Put you on the show. <laughs> we feel you, baby. All right, bro. Take care. God bless. You know, thanks again. And, uh, you know, stay safe and stay up. As always, love you, man. I love you.